Alright, creatures of the night, welcome to Talking Taker, episode 134 of our encyclopedic exploration, digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time, The Undertaker. We appreciate you guys joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking here on Talking Taker. My name is Alex Dorio, I am one of your co-hosts, one of the creatures of the night, and I am joined, as always, by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy, he's got New York on his mind, Mr. Travis White. And Travis, that's in the present tense, you know, as this episode drops, we're just 24 hours away from going one-on-one with The Undertaker in person for our... 15 seconds of fame with the dead man. That's right. <laughs> but back here in our timeline, we're talking about 2008, February 2008, the Elimination Chamber match. And Travis, I think the dead man back in this time, I think he's taking a page out from one of the best movies from around this time because Ooh. I think his new catchphrase for this episode is going to be, there will be blood. <laughs> yes, it could be that. Or I'll drink your milkshake. I wish it was that. <laughs> I enjoyed that movie, man. I, I liked it. I love that movie. Yeah, I love Daniel Day-Lewis. The Undertaker's like the Daniel Day-Lewis of the WWE. Wow. He just fits into any kind of character. Really, you believe everything he's doing, and he's been there forever. So, all right, we're One done. One of the best analogies <laughs> we've ever done on this show, Travis. That was perfect. Well, it's all because you brought that up. So, you just drink my milkshake. <laughs> I thought you were going to say his new catchphrase is, where's the beef? Because it is in this match. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> we could talk about. Oh, man. <laughs> Good stuff coming up here. That's right. We're talking No Way Out 2007, the Dead Man's first trip inside the Elimination Chamber. He's going to be going up against the likes of MVP, Finley, the great Kali, the Animal Batista, and our new favorite wrestler, BDV himself, Big Daddy V and HD. It's gonna be a fun one, my friend. So many letters. I love it. Like alphabet soup. It's great. Yeah, man. Well, uh, let's get things rolling here. Starting off with, I guess, coming off of the old Royal Rumble here, where, you know, Taker was number one in there and uh, lasted, what, half an hour at least? Yeah. 30 something minutes, First, him and Sean both. So. Up to number 24, I believe. Yeah, it was crazy. So. This is the next SmackDown, SmackDown February 1st, 2008. So this show opens with Teddy Long coming out saying that Vince put him in charge tonight due to the effects of the 619 that Rey Mysterio hit, accidentally hit Vicky Guerrero with at the Royal Rumble, and we see replay of that. And he says he's got another great announcement tonight, and that is that at No Way Out, we've got an Elimination Chamber match. And as he's saying it, we get a video like highlighting the brutality of the, the past ones. And, uh, you know, how barbaric it is and all that kind of stuff. Because I guess it's been around uh, what, five and a half years at this point. So, mm-hmm. yep. I guess uh, SummerSlam, no, Survivor Series 02, right, was the first one. So, um, and then he announces the participants. And, dude, I love this because as he's doing it, like, they get their own little Titantron, like, video. Like, it's kind of neat. But I love, he's got a nickname for everyone. <laughs> and, like, you know, nowadays... <laughs> We laugh about all the like nicknames of the WWE, like coins and like Michael Cole shoves down your throat, like the big dog, Roman Reigns and stuff, and the lunatic fringe and the, the architect and the Monday Night Messiah. All this stuff they just say over and over again. Well, here maybe where it started because we've got Teddy Long and he introduces the animal Batista, 
the Punjabi giant, the great Kali, the man who loves to fight Finley, the United States champion, MVP, the most dominant force in the WWE, Big Daddy V, and the phenom, The Undertaker. So, you think it, Teddy had a hard time remembering all that? Absolutely, he did. He had to have it written on his hand or something. So there's no way he remembered all that because I just about blanked out and I'm reading it off the page. So, yeah, but I love tough. how gung ho he gets. He first chance oh, he yeah. gets to be back in charge of SmackDown. He's <laughs> like making a barn burner of a main event. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, the winner of this match will be the number one contender for uh, the World Heavyweight Champion at WrestleMania, and also Edge is going to face Rey Mysterio in a rematch at. Uh, no way out and so it's the winner of edge and mysterio versus the winner of the elimination chamber at wrestlemania and little did we know that match is actually going to main event to wrestlemania so yep. who knew but um it's really cool because at this point like edge runs out um with no music i love that there was no music we've talked uh about on this episode or the last few episodes how it kind of feels attitude era ish kind of risky and kind of like you never know what's going to happen well this definitely got my attention by not getting my attention with Edge's music, by mm-hmm. just letting him run out. It, it hooked me. I was like, what's he doing? You know, and again, we weren't watching uh, this stuff necessarily every week. We're keeping up with it online, kind of seeing highlights maybe, but I'm not sitting here watching it every Friday night or Monday night. So um, this is kind of the first time my eyes have, have, have been, uh, you know, feasted on this kind of stuff. So it's really cool because Edge just runs out and says, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll take anyone on. But Rev Mysterio, you know, anybody, you know, whoever you want, Big Daddy V, Great Collie, anybody, you know, it doesn't matter. And Teddy's like, you know, I'm in charge tonight, so tough luck. So he said, <laughs> and he's like, you know, that's who you're facing then no way out. And he says, so what I said, that's what goes. You understand that? So, Edge, I'm going to leave you with this, player. Don't take it personal, but every day I'm hustling. Holla. <laughs> These guys are awesome together. Teddy don't give a flip when Vicky's not no, there, man. No, it's great. He does not care. The BMW, black man working. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. He's working it hard, man. He and Edge are just—I had no idea how great they were, man. It was awesome. And um, so I want to point something out here. We're not—we don't normally good on every match on the card, but on on SmackDown or Raw. But I want to point something out here just because it okay play into something, but. Punk and Ray are going to defeat Edge and Chavo, which again, that does further the bond between Chavo and Edge. We haven't seen them become La Familia officially yet, but we're headed there. And I do want to mention that because it's going to play into WrestleMania. And so then we see a graphic for our main event. We're going to get uh, the Brothers of Destruction reuniting against our new favorite tag team. You and my personal new favorite tag team, Mark Henry and Big Daddy V. Um, Is there any kind of nickname for them? That should have been something. Big and beefy. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Big and beefy sounds great, man. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, sign me up for this match because I just, I just, I can't wait, man. It's gonna be great. Yeah. So um, and then Vince backstage is chastising Finley for throwing away his WrestleMania opportunity to save Hornswoggle at the Royal Rumble, which confirms what we talked about last week of was he in the Rumble? Was he not? Well, apparently he was, but he kind of threw it all away. Sure. So we get Finley and Hornswoggle in a tag match against Deuce and Domino. So we just had a tag match, Punk and Ray versus Eddie Chinchavo. Now we got Finley and Hornswoggle versus Deuce and Domino. Main event anywhere in the country, right? <laughs> yeah. Anywhere on ECW. I'll show you. <laughs> and then we get um, Eve Torres is going to interview Batista in the ring. And this is, he welcomes her to SmackDown. I'm sure he did more than one. <laughs> more, 
one way. But he welcomes Big her. Big Dave. <laughs> Big Dave. And uh, he's like, you know, I'm proud to call John Cena and Triple H my friends. And, you know, I was the la- one of the last ones in there with him, you know, at the Royal Rumble. And says that Elimination Chambers is his last chance to headline WrestleMania for a second time. And he's he points out a, a good point. He's the only one in that match that has experience before. So he's mm-hmm. battle-tested. He's seasoned. And, uh, again, he'll point that out the next couple of weeks, too. Which is a good point because none of these other guys have ever been in it before. So, right. um, and he says he's going to reclaim his title at uh, at Mania. So, the next match is the Edgeheads defeating Jimmy Wayne Yang and Shannon Moore. So, you know, just there you go. And then, so that's three tag matches. Mm, that's true. And our main event is the Brothers Destruction against Big and Beefy. So, on this <laughs> night, there were four tag. That's all that was. I think MVP versus Flair was like maybe the first match that night. Or something. So you yeah. know why? <laughs> why is that? Because Teddy Long's in charge tonight. You're right, dude. <laughs> just hit me. The light bulb just yeah. went off. <laughs> <laughs> you're exactly right. I had no idea. I didn't think of that. But you're right, man. Teddy's in charge of this tag team turmoil, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> just, what are you doing tonight? Nothing. What are you doing? Tag team night. Pulling <laughs> him in there. Oh, man. But Every just, day he's hustling. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I was blown away. I was watching this. I was like, dude, there are four tag matches in a row. Like, what a horrible lazy booking. Yeah. There's going to be some more lazy booking coming up here that we'll point out. But um, anyway, Brothers of Destruction take on uh, Henry and BDV. And uh, Michael Cole tells us it's been six months since they teamed up. Uh, Brothers of Destruction, that is. And... He says, perhaps they've never had quite a team to tackle as big as this, though. So, you know, that's probably true probably weight-wise. True. You know, so um, we see highlights from that new submission that Taker put on Big Daddy V last week that made him cough up blood. And um, they're really putting over how he changes his style and everything over the years. And he's been there for 17 years and changes what he does and adapts and evolves. So um, this match was pretty long, you know. I, I enjoyed it, though, and... Uh, it kind of ends with Taker and Kane double choke slam Big Daddy V, and then Taker choke slams Mark Henry, and then locks that new submission hold on, and Mark Henry winds up tapping out, bleeding from the mouth, just like uh, V did last week. So Cole's really putting that devastation over, and it's just again, just something that we talk about how like he is like Daniel Day Lewis. He's changing his character. He's he's evolving. He's but he's all into it. You believe it every time he does his character. So again, it's set 17 years later. And uh, he's still changing things up, man. And just the only guy that does that nowadays is Chris Jericho. <laughs> just that's it. Yep. So, Take some yeah. notes out there, kids. And yeah, Travis, I think we'll have to give that one our first ding of the night and cue up our old blood yeah. tracker because there's going to be quite a bit of it, folks. We got to keep count of all the blood in this build up here as we roll on to SmackDown, February eighth, two thousand eight. And our favorite investigative journalist, Michael Cole, is going to open the show with Batista in the ring. Batista's going to reiterate again. He's the only one with Elimination Chamber experience. And he talks about how there's going to be a lot of monsters in this match that want to rip his head off. But he is going to walk out victorious and walk into WrestleMania to reclaim his title. Then we get our old WWE cliche of one by one, all six of these competitors are going to interrupt this promo here. So yeah, MVP's out first, and uh, Coach, for some reason, says he feels like MVP has the momentum heading into No Way Out. So <laughs> I don't know where he's getting that from, but 
Uh, MVP <laughs> does say that he's half man, half amazing, and uh, <laughs> I love that. I love that. He's only half man, though. I don't. I've never understood yeah, I that know. phrase. Yeah. But before he can finish, Batista cuts him off and says he's going to whip his butt for what he did to Ric Flair over on Raw the other week, which is a nice touch. Batista standing up for his buddy Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big Daddy V and Matt Stryker are out next, and uh, Matt Stryker's hyping up Big Daddy V, saying he's going to crush everybody inside the chamber. Uh, Great Kali comes out next with Ranjan Singh, and <sighs> gets Kali actually gets on the mic and says <laughs> something. I literally... <laughs> Could not comprehend it, mid. No, I'm not trying to be narrow-minded, but I could not. I literally, it was the, it was the butchering, the um, mincing of the English language or whatever he said. I don't even I don't know, know if it was an English language. Good lord, maybe man. not. Thankfully, uh, Ranjan Singh is there to translate something that was probably four times as long as whatever <laughs> Great Kali actually said. It's like a Saturday Night Live skit, like when somebody speaks in like J- Japanese or something, his interpreter said goes on for like two minutes about what yeah. he said. You know, it's like it was very, but it wasn't supposed to be that. It was like he's yeah, he went on for like four times as long as Kali <laughs> rambled. And he's like he said this, like oh bless his sure heart. Sure he did. Yeah. Uh, Finley and Hornswoggle are out next, and uh, Finley says, We just thought we'd come out and join the party, you know. I've got a new pair of boots to break in. I've got Hornswoggle. There's a giant leprechaun over there. I've got my shillelagh. So, I've come here to fight. I love that. I love it. <laughs> He's the man who loves to fight. He is. And another guy who loves to fight, The Undertaker. He interrupts. And, you know, last week he said he's not a man of many words. And tonight he doesn't say a thing. He just shows up <laughs> in the ring. The heels all scatter out. Uh, but Batista and Finley stay in there, stay face-to-face with him. And that uh, basically builds up our main event tonight. Going to be a six-man tag with all these guys, heels versus the baby faces tonight. So... Uh, pretty standard paint by numbers stuff here. And you can tell that because basically they did the exact same buildup on raw the, uh, night or the week before, or the week of four days before, yeah, yeah. four days before this with the raw elimination chamber match, mm-hmm. because this is the first year ever actually that we're getting two elimination chamber matches on the same pay-per-view. So I guess they're out of ideas on how to build yeah. up to it. I mean, seriously, it was the exact same promo in the middle where all six guys come out, and then the main event winds up being the good guys versus the bad guys. And it, I mean, it ends the same way too. Basically, it's just it's it's ridiculous. I was like, how lazy can you be? Oh man, but, they've been doing this sort of segment for probably five or six years at least before this, and they yeah. still do it in 2020. Oh yeah, <laughs> they'll never stop. Nope. <laughs> Um, speaking of promos, there was a promo on this show that highlights that WrestleMania is 51 days from now, and that's, of course, what we'll be covering next week, WrestleMania 24, and the theme song for this show, if you'll remember, Red Hot Chili Peppers, <laughs> Snow, hey Yeah, I did not. It's, it came on, I was like, I totally forgot that that was the like, theme song for WrestleMania that year, so, uh, but I was, I was, sign me up, man. I like I that song. I like it was song, always yeah. a weird theme. It is this. a weird, yeah. But it's not like a, it's not their standard like no uh, new metal all right. <laughs> type theme. <laughs> right. It is it's kind of weird, but yeah, it's a solid song. It's like an actual band that had mm-hmm. like you know a following and talent, <laughs> but like a 
Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. <laughs> Wasn't that? Oh, uh, <laughs> the main event tonight is that I have nothing else to add to that. You're exactly right. Uh, main event, like we said, is that six man tag. You got Kali, uh, BDV, MVP <laughs> against Finley, Batista, and the Undertaker, dude. And uh, the announcers are putting over how these six guys are going to be in the largest elimination chamber match in history with over one ton of beef in the ring. <laughs> so maybe, I don't know. Uh, probably. Probably close to it. I don't know if they actually, for a shoot, would get over that. But uh, definitely, once you add in the chamber and everything, they'll for sure be over that. <laughs> well, the chamber is like 68 tons or something. Right. It changes exactly. every time they say it. So, <laughs> uh, This is another long main event match. It was really good, though. It was really fun. It's hard mm-hmm. to have a bad one with, with these guys in there. Uh, everybody gets their chance to shine, but our tag team specialist, The Undertaker, he, of course, gets the hot tag from Finley. And we do the whole deal where everybody runs through their finishers. Oh, I stacked their finishers at the end. It was great, man. And WWE does this so well. And then, yeah, this stacking the finishers at the at the end is awesome. He Love runs it. wild on MVP, but gets dropped uh, with a Samoan drop uh, by Big Daddy V. Uh, Batista comes in, hits a spear on Big Daddy V. Kali chops down Batista. Finley uh, <laughs> Finley <laughs> gives a, a shillelagh shot to Kali. MVP gives Finley a knee lift. Undertaker gives MVP a choke slam. And the announcers tell us that the ref just came over to their table and told him he threw the match out. So, no real finish there. Sure if you're in the crowd that night, what do you think? Like, then nobody told you out loud. They're just like, yeah, Cole's like, oh, yeah, the ref just did the match out. <laughs> okay. You're just enjoying the wild and crazy action, I guess. I guess. But um, they do a little tease here at the end. Finley's about to hit Undertaker with the shillelagh, but Undertaker <laughs> does like double take, snaps his head around. And then Batista's about to spear Undertaker, and he snaps his head around to Batista. So all three of the baby faces are mm-hmm. sort of having a little stare down tension between them as the show goes off the air. And we head into the go home show on this short build up here. Yeah, this post Valentine's Day episode of SmackDown, February 15th, though. Wait, this is the go home show for No Way Out. And uh, the opening match is Batista versus MVP, and you know the U.S. champion. It is a non-title match. Uh, Justin Roberts does announce that afterward that the still champion is MVP because of course your champion is going to lose. Uh, that's what that's how WWE books. You you win, you win a title, you lose every non-title match there is. Of so course. Um, that's what happened. But it's like a 15-minute match, so I was blown away by how long it was. But so the Undertaker gets. Uh, Great reaction. He comes out here. He's got a match for with Big Daddy V uh, again, which, um, you know, a couple weeks ago, they were like, this is the first time they've ever been in the ring together. <laughs> right. Well, A, it's false, and now you're just wearing it out. Like, they've been in the ring together every week. So, anyway, but um, Matt Stryker um, attacks from behind, well, attacks Taker while the ref isn't looking, and Taker winds up defeating Big Daddy V in about five minutes with a running DDT. Like... <laughs> Like, which is a transitional move his whole career. Like, um, I don't know, man. What do you think it about that? It came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. It was so weird. I mean, I guess um, as far as making you feel like anything can happen, that's cool. But, like, it's it's been such a 17 years of that being a transitional move. And all of a sudden it's just like, oh, well, he won with that. So, okay. It was like but, um, they've been trying to get this new finisher submission over. And yeah. why didn't he just do that again? Yeah. Like, Exactly. I don't know. 
Yeah, I don't know, man. But after the match, Taker goes nuts on Stryker, throwing him into the steps. He choke slams and then he locks a new submission onto Matt Stryker. And he taps out and passes out with blood coming from his mouth. So there you go. Number two. And yeah, man. And they're really they're really pushing this uh, new move, you know, trying to get it over during this build up. Um, so um, you could definitely see where things are headed here. You know, they're really trying to put that that mat, that move over is devastating. And um, Michael Cole, you know, has, has a smart uh, comment. He says that the Undertaker could put that on any one of his opponents in the elimination chamber because you can win by submission or pinfall, you know, at any point in the match. You don't have to wait till all six guys are in there. You know, you can take them out early. So good point by Cole, honestly. Yeah. And then Finley is going to get a win over the great Kali with some help from Hornswoggle and a shillelagh. But man, how far like Kali, like a year ago or two years ago, he was like never losing, never taking a clean pin. Everything was DQ. And now he's like eating pinfall after pinfall, you know? I mean, I'm cool with it, but like as far right. as his character, like he kind of, I mean, the bloom's off the rose at this point, exactly. you know. So they've fallen out of love with him. Yeah, but in true WWE booking, you gotta get that babyface heat going in the pay per view because all the good guys won tonight, <laughs> and all the good guys were standing tall last week, and you know the Canyon Taker won the week before that, standing tall. It's just like, I mean, the bad guy, the heels have no chance of winning this match, you know, and so. But um, yeah, one of our then, Twitter followers. Uh, I'm skipping ahead where we usually yeah. talk about comments, but he pointed out something I didn't really think about, but said that they weren't really excited for this match because there was no hype, like there was no chance that anybody was winning besides Undertaker or Batista. Which sure, you know, I, I get that, and, and you pointed out here, like with Undertaker, Batista, and Finley all rolling over the heels, like there's yeah. no real chance you're thinking. Henry or Big Daddy V or Kali stand no. a chance here. And um, although it ends up being a really fun match, I, yeah. I, I totally get that. There's not a lot of excitement for it going into it. Sure. And, but it is cool. Like, like I know how, I, like, I know what the finish is going to be, but like, how are they going to get there? That's the fun part, you know, as far as being a fan. It's like, okay, yeah, I know these two guys are going to, one of these two is going to win. Let's see how they get there. And honestly, we'll talk about it in a minute, but like, I love the way they got there. So it's great. But yeah, the main event segment of this night is pretty memorable. A lot of you guys will remember, and this is the night that Edge finally gets down on one knee and asks Vicky Guerrero to marry him. Vicky. Vicky, will you be my wife? But he's not wearing his Sunday best when he asks his future <laughs> wife to marry him. He did not get dressed up for this occasion, man. Like, <laughs> no. you said last week he looked like the manager of a Hot Topic. Yeah. Ball, Edge did. This shirt he had on here, was it, I don't know if it was an Edge shirt or what it was. It was I, maybe the ugliest know, t-shirt I've ever seen in my life. It's like one that the King wears to the ring like, on the commentary <laughs> all the time. He's always got those, like, affliction-style t-shirts. It's, it's like... Awful. Tennessee, University of Tennessee orange and then <laughs> two hands up like across the entire shirt given the yeah. rock, and roll rock and roll symbol. So I think it might have been an edge shirt. I don't know, but it was hideous, man. I tell you what, man, I noticed too, like just in this era, like when I was watching, I, I did watch some of that Raw where they had the same exact six man tag. Jericho's got a shirt just like that on, like as if it's a Jericho one. Triple H has one kind of like that. Like they all wow. had these like weird. 
I always call them affliction style. Like that was the UFC like brand, like the right. affliction, like just like that style. They all had like stuff you're gonna see like Chris Daughtry wearing like on right. stage. <laughs> like and it was the fashion back then. Yeah. yeah, but like I still thought it sucked back then. Like I would never wear that stuff. Like the Brock Lesnar guy wears on TV, like the, the little fan <laughs> in the audience, like yes. yeah, like that guy. Yeah. Those shirts, of course, he wears it to stand out on TV. But like these guys are wearing it for real. And like if you any of you guys listening bought one of these we want to see a picture of it because uh <laughs> kudos to you for wearing this in public it's uh, it's awful oh man it's it's atrocious it got, my it, favorite wrestling t-shirts are just black with a, a label on them <laughs> so that's what i like <laughs> and speaking of wrestling t-shirts you know where to get one if you're a fan of this podcast tpublic.com <laughs> search for talking taker uh help support the show you know we got a big trip to new york city coming up this weekend so we'll be talking about that later on in the show but a perfect chance uh, to plug it over there. Get a Taker Easy t-shirt, Taker Care of Business, Biker Taker Guy, Biker Taker Girl, King of Gong style. Very fashionable, very affordable, and help support the show, you know. I wear them to work literally every week, at least two <laughs> days a week. I wear either Taker Easy or Taker Care of Business or the one my wife made me. I, uh, I wear them out on the weekend, so uh, every weekend. I got a new one coming in for our trip this weekend, so very excited. There you go. Uh, but that'll take us to the pay-per-view. Another uh, quick yeah. build-up here. No Way Out, February 17th, 2008. From the Thomas and Mack Center in Las Vegas, Nevada. Place where they run all the time. And Was that two different guys? Thomas and Mack, yeah. Um, I used to be a tag team. They had Deuce and Domino. And uh, Tugboat Rob Thomas. Thomas. Oh. <laughs> Rob Thomas and Return of the Mack. There you go. There you go. Thomas and Max, that could be, yeah, that could be a tag team. I could see them. Sure. In like NXT, the Dark Order. That sounds like a Dark Dark Order. Order. (laughs) Dark Order people. (laughs) Thomas and Mac. Anyway. All right. (laughs) Sorry. Well, this is a show neither one of us had ever seen before, never seen Mm -hmm. this match before. As we mentioned, we weren't watching uh, WWE during this time. So this was new to us to revisit here, which is exciting. And. Uh, as we mentioned, this is the first time they've ever had two elimination chambers on the same show. So this is sort of the beginning of that era where that's going to happen more often with these specialty matches, where you're going to start having two or three Hell in a Cells on the same show, or two or three, you know, whatever the gimmick is. Uh, on Not the because the feud deserves it, because it's that time of the year. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Going to have a TLC pay-per-view with... Yeah. Tables, ladders, chairs, and TLC, and stairs, and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> and something that continues on to this day, uh, for better or for worse. But uh, this is also, as we said, The Undertaker's first time inside the Elimination Chamber. And it's going to break the streak of him being in the main event for the past few mm-hmm. months. He's going to, uh, this match is actually going to be second on this show, which is kind of weird for an Elimination Chamber match. But there you go. Yeah, it is weird, but like honestly, that's like they do it now with like ro- the women's rumble or like elimination chamber. They'll put they'll space them way apart, which honestly is probably a better thing to do, you know, rather than putting them back to back because you just you wear out the surprises and the shock and stuff. So that's probably a smart idea. But yeah, it is weird to see him go from he's main evented since what September. Yeah, like literally every pay per view he's been on, including last month with the Royal Rumble. Like. Um, it was the first one out for the main event, but like, yeah, here he is again, second second match on the card. So, whatever. Well, we get a video package for this stuff, and then uh, Justin Roberts, their ring announcer, gives us the rules here. So, in case you need a reminder, two guys are going to start. The other four are locked in their individual pods, 
and then it's every four minutes tonight. I know. I think they changed that depending I think it on used the to be year. Five, yeah. yeah. Um, They're like these guys ain't got the gas. Be <laughs> 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 sucking wind. Every four minutes, a pot will open. It's pinfall and submission only for the eliminations, and then the last man standing is going to go on to WrestleMania to face the world heavyweight champion, and that's going to bring out our six competitors here. Yeah, the first one out. Is, oh, and we're going to get uh, Cole and Coach on commentary for the first time here on Talking Taker so, as a pay-per-view match. So, right. And we mentioned him taking over JBL's role, but this is the first time we're going to have him calling one of the matches we're covering here. So, uh, U.S. champion MVP enters first and goes in for the first pod. Then Big Daddy V enters next, and I was like, whew, thank God. like He's going to be in the pod for a little <laughs> while. Like, he does not need to be out there. Right. And, um, Coach is like, I wonder if he can even fit into a pod, and he does. I mean, it's... <laughs> They're really big pods. Like, they're not, yeah, they're not, he's not that big. So, uh, great Kali comes out next with Ranjan Singh. And uh, Coach does point out there, I do, I appreciate it. He's like, you know, if you notice, these guys don't have their normal swagger when they come out. You know, they're intimidated by the type of match they're going to be in. And, um, I mean, I appreciate that little nuance there. Because you know, he is right. They weren't like, like, nowadays, they get their exact entrance they have. There's no emotion or reacting to what's yes. happening. They have to hit all their time cues and light cues. But, like, here they still had some of that realism, you know, uh, and I liked it. So uh, Finley comes out next. But, curiously, there's no Hornswoggle with him. Hmm. And I had a feeling of what was going to happen. Oh, but yeah? I was just like, because everybody else is coming out with their, like, second in command. You know, Matt Stryker's there and Ranjan Singh is there. But I was like, no Hornswoggle. Hmm, I wonder if he'll ever appear <laughs> in this match. So, um but that leaves you with, well, I know who's starting the match now. So, yes. Because those four guys are going to be in the pods. So. Very cool. We're going to get Batista and Undertaker to start the match off, obviously, now, uh, rekindling their rivalry from last year, which is perfect. That's what everybody wants to mm-hmm. see, anyway. Uh, Batista comes out, and he's got some great intensity here. Uh, mm-hmm. He goes around to each and every of the pods, gets a yes. turnbuckle and screams in each guy's face, <laughs> which I freaking loved. <laughs> I know. It was awesome. And uh, interestingly, he's got wrist tape on, which um, I wrote in my notes. I can, I never remembered him doing that, but I was watching that ruthless aggression special on the network. And he did used to do that when he first came up uh, in his yeah. early days. But man, I, I always remember him having no wrist tape, no elbow pads. So it was, it was weird to see him with that here in this match, just randomly. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I just pointed Man, it out. Man, you gotta you gotta strengthen the wrist for the elimination chamber, <laughs> I guess, I guess so. you know. Or maybe he's going bowling later. He just didn't want to hurt. Like I don't know. What it was. Do you put a wrist tape on when you go bowling? <laughs> I don't. But people wear those like wrist protector things, like That's when they true. go bowling. You know what I'm saying? So maybe he's going Lebowski in later. Who knows, man? I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> He, or maybe Dean Malenko was the agent for the match. He's like, dude, you got to put the wrist tape on. So who knows? Ah, that was my favorite Dean Malenko thing is when he always used to adjust his wrist tape on the way out. But um, anyway, yeah, so Batista, yeah, like you said, screaming like an animal in everybody's face. It's, it's just awesome. And then, um, of course, I, Taker's going to be next. But I do love here, uh, again, just a little nuance. Is just there's, there's no music. They kind of let Batista's music die down and then just lets – Let's just the crowd anticipate Taker coming out. And it's so cool, man, because there's about 30 seconds. There's no music, just the crowd chanting, Taker, Taker, Taker. And then, again, the gong hits, huge pop. And then when you see him, you get that second big pop. And it's just awesome. And, I mean, this epic entrance is, is phenomenal. There's flames 
they just seem to get higher and higher every month, man. They're like, like growing exponentially. <laughs> Smoke covering the ramp, and he he comes out great, and we great pop, and we get a fantastic camera shot through, like it's focused through the like one of the squares of the of the chamber with the chain link, and uh, we see him like like it's it's focused on Taker walking walking up, but you see it through the lens of the chamber. It's just really really neat, man. I love when they do stuff like that. So. Oh yeah, second to none with these camera shots, and especially yeah. during Undertaker's entrances here. Undertaker, much like in the Hell in a Cell matches that we've seen, he disrobes right outside the cell, mm-hmm. and then steps right into the chamber and uh, raises the lights and slams that chamber door behind him, like he always does in the Hell in a Cell or the cage match. Just great intimidation move showing that he means business showing that he is mm-hmm. not scared of being in there that it's his yard it's perfect man i love it I yeah. pop every time he does it me too man and i don't know if this was timed or just happenstance but like when he slammed that door you can see the flames just burst up behind him at the same time it was just really cool again i don't know if it just happened to be the same time or if they planned that but it was awesome but yes yeah, so we're gonna get these two guys starting it out and um Again, uh, they've both been robbed out of the World Heavyweight title by Edge. So Cole is telling us that story on commentary. You know, they've both been screwed by him over the last few months. And they don't hesitate to start here. They just start slugging away and trading punches in the middle. And uh, Batista gets the upper hand and starts working over Taker in the corner, hitting shoulders to the gut. Taker battles out, throws Batista over the top rope and onto that steel grating, which... Man, they have changed this chamber nowadays in 2020, but like back then, it was still that whew, nasty, hard, great. I can't imagine taking a bump on that, man. Uh, whew, but he, yeah, it looks awful. Yeah, if you ever hear shoot interviews and mm-hmm. people talking about stuff during this time, they, to a guy, they all say Elimination Chamber was the worst. Mm-hmm. That's to work. Just the most painful, unforgiving thing in there. So... This is, like we said, Taker's first time getting in there, and uh, he takes right to it, man. He uh, grinds Batista's face against the chains of the chamber, and then Undertaker bounces off the ropes, but he eats a right hand and a boot from Batista. Uh, Batista whips Taker into the corner, gives him a clothesline, and goes for a pin, but only gets a one count off of him. And they're going back and forth here. Undertaker comes back with a big boot. He chokes Batista in the corner and is... Uh, working him over with some punches and kicks in the corner. Uh, Batista bounces back with some punches, and he actually starts getting booed a little bit by the crowd as he fights back against Undertaker. So you can tell who the crowd is here to support. Oh, yeah, the crowd's definitely all in for Taker. But, yeah, it's just, it's funny. He's remained a face this whole time against Taker, but you just, you're not going to be a bigger babyface than Taker when you're in there with him. You know, you, you can't. He, Taker turns guys heel and accidentally just by being yeah. in there with him. So it's just funny. The crowd is just all in. So uh, I love it, man. But um, they hit a double big boot and kind of do the double down where they're both laying down on the ground and we get the countdown from 10. Um, so we, the crowd's chanting down, you know, just like we're in Royal Rumble, ch- counting down from 10. And um, the first pod to open. Is none other than Big Daddy V, oh, the Mastodon. Here we go. <laughs> Things about to pick up here. Here comes the beef. <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah, he comes in. He's hitting his V chops on these guys, man. He he makes the V symbol with his hand yeah. and licks it and slaps his guys <laughs> in the chest. <laughs> Close lines them. Skizz uh, a Samoan drop to Undertaker, and then BDV. He stands up 
on top of Undertaker's chest. Undertaker's flat back on the ground. Big Daddy V stands on top of him and holding the top rope. And he was on him for like 10 seconds, man. Mm -hmm. And all I could think during this time was, why is that not a pinfall? (laughs) Why was Undertaker not a lip? It's true. That's true because there's no like, there's no rope breaks or anything, is there? No, no DQ. False count anywhere, apparently. So, yeah, why was it not a pinfall? Who knows? Yep. I don't understand, man. Hashtag BDV was robbed. Exactly. Rest his soul. Well, Michael Cole says it's like putting a minivan on your chest. So, you know, not a walk or anything. It's just putting a giant (laughs) minivan right on your chest. So, anyway, well, Taker is able to roll out to the outside, and Big Daddy V is going to work over Batista here. Scoop slams Batista and. Um, at this point, I laughed because Michael Cole basically calls out Big Daddy V's condition. He's like, I don't know how much longer he can go in this match. Like, he looks like he's he's dying out there. It's just like you can't, dude. You can't say. That. I guess because he's a heel, it's okay. But like, yeah. you definitely don't want to do it to a baby face. But I don't know. It was just kind of it was kind of funny to hear that. So he's not wrong. No, he's not wrong by any means. But Big Daddy V's going to hit the Undertaker and. <clears throat> Actually, so Taker's like standing up on the grating, and Big Daddy V runs into him. I don't know if he boots him or punches him, but he hits him, and Taker falls backwards into like the chamber door, and it opens, and he falls down the steps to the outside. And at this point, I don't think I've ever seen that in an Elimination Chamber match. Yeah, so, me either. And, I mean, I suppose that was planned. Um, if not, I'm sure he was very angry. He's like, you broke my eye in 94, and now you're trying to kill me? Push me down the stairs? <laughs> but, uh... It was at least it was something new. So yeah, it was something different for sure. Uh, put over Big Daddy V's strength right there. Yeah, uh, Undertaker crawls back in and uh, V splashes him into the chains. He splashes Batista in the corner. He's running wild here, or walking wild, <laughs> lumbering <laughs> wildly. I guess. Uh, yeah. He goes for a Samoan drop on Batista, but Batista slips out and hits a spine buster. Uh, clotheslines Big Daddy V out of the ring onto the steel grates, and then Undertaker hits. Uh, whoa, whoa, he clotheslines Big Daddy V over the top rope. Yeah, how could you do that? I, I don't thought know, Matt Striker said you can't do that. Oh, I'm sorry. I think I've seen two people do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he used to be a teacher. He got fired from that job, That's and true. now we know That's why. <laughs> can't trust him. Oh, man. And then uh, Taker's going to go for that move that put Big Daddy V out of action on SmackDown last week. He hits a DDT on the outside, and they're still great. And uh, Batista is actually going to sneak over there and steal that pinfall, and uh, Big Daddy V is eliminated. So, yeah, he kind of reaped the benefits of Taker's move because Taker hit his back, and he's kind of selling it. So, yeah, Batista gets one in there, and Big Daddy V is gone. So, And at this point, Lo and behold, the countdown hits, and the next pod is released, and it's the Great Kali. So, more beef. <laughs> yeah, we're, uh, <laughs> we're getting the uh, the garbage out of the way, first and foremost, yeah. I guess, in this match. Uh, and, and the crowd knows that. Yeah, they do. And I'll tell you what, man. Like, I'm a, I, like, I like to get as many people in Elimination Chamber in before the pinfalls happen. I remember we were ticked at the... Uh, extreme elimination chamber how quickly they you know did the pinfalls and stuff in that one that we were at in ecw but here it makes sense when you got these gigantic lumbering dudes like you can't these guys can't go the whole time so i do for this match it made sense to get them out earlier you know so yeah shorter um, is better with those guys yeah 
But uh, this crowd, they feel the same way because immediately as mm-hmm. Kali comes in, they shower him with some, you can't wrestle, chance. <laughs> <laughs> Very audible. Oh. But I oh, love yeah. that, man. They are hating on him. Oh, yeah. Well, he gets the one up on the good guys in the corner, and finally, Taker's able to, to slug away with him and uh, goozle Kali. But then Kali's going to get out of it and nail the Kali bomb. They've named it now, the you know, the double choke lift, tree slam thing or whatever. And he hits out on Undertaker and only gets a two count. And then clotheslines Batista and only gets a two count. And then chops Taker in the corner. And if I'm not mistaken, Taker gets right back up, even though that's the move that put him down <laughs> two years ago for, like, he's off TV for weeks. So, yeah. Anyway, then he's going to grab Batista's head and try to pop it like a grape. Yep, goes for that vice grip on him, but Batista hits a Death Valley blow and then a spear on Kali. Uh, Undertaker tosses Batista out of the way. He runs and boots down Ranjan Singh, who's standing <laughs> up outside the cage, or the chamber, that is. Yeah. And then Undertaker locks in that mysterious submission on Kali, and Kali taps out. And he's bleeding from the mouth as well, yeah. just like everyone else who's gone through this match. So that's our third blood sighting uh, of the week here. And again, Undertaker and Batista, the last two guys standing. Yeah, down to those two guys. And um, Taker, interestingly, interestingly, does hold that move on for about another five or six seconds after it. Kind of a heelish type move, but, you know, holds it on and be sure to sinks it in. is sure to sink it in real good there. But yeah, like you said, down to Batista and Taker again. With Finley and MVP still stuck in the pod. So Taker and Batista are taking it to each other on the outside, and Taker is going to get a two count. And he drags Batista's back just across the grate, which I like that. He just grabs him by the foot and just drags him like, like I don't know, uh, like in a monster movie or something, you know, like just dragging the, the good guy across the, across the ground. So it was an interesting concept. I liked it. So it, it made me feel the pain. So. Oh, yeah. It <laughs> would hurt. Give you a little uh, chamber burn. Yeah. <laughs> Chamberlain. Um, Undertaker, uh, well, after he does that, we get a countdown, and that's going to bring Finley into the match, our fifth competitor in there. And he comes running route straight into a big boot and a right hand from the Undertaker. So Undertaker's (laughs) bringing the fight to the guy who loves to fight here. Perfect. Uh, Finley takes a hard Irish whip into the corner, but moves out of the way. As Undertaker crotches himself, that's his kryptonite, man, going yeah. for that running boot into the corner and crotching himself on there, even in an elimination chamber. You know who's doing that nowadays is Charlotte Flair. She's doing uh-huh. that. She's starting to do that. Uh, I've seen, I've noticed a lot in her matches recently. Well, probably last year, uh, she does that spot. From I'm sure it's not you know it's not Taker's spot or anything. No, she's one of his main podcast, ones. So. I'm sure. She's listening to this and taking notes from the best. So, yeah, exactly. But uh, Finley's going to hit Taker and then go after Batista, and he tosses Batista into the outside and then hits the Celtic cross to the Undertaker, which is pretty cool to see him get Taker up on his back like that. You know, I mean, Finley's uh, not a small dude, but Taker's a big guy, you know. And, right. But Taker's going to kick out it too. So even though he's been in this match for since the beginning, he's still not going to give up here and give up his chance at WrestleMania. Well, Batista grabs Finley's legs after that, tosses him into the side of the chamber structure on the outside of the ring, uh, gets booted down by Undertaker, him and Batista punching and kicking again, uh, booting a clothesline from Undertaker to Batista. Uh, Finley sneaks over, tries to grab a cover on Batista, and he kicks out. 
Um, Finley's throwing elbows, tosses Taker over the top rope onto the steel of the outside. Uh, Finley throws Taker into the chamber wall. He's running crazy. And then uh, Finley kicks Undertaker and then covers him for a two count. So Finley's bringing it, man. He's trying to yeah. show up in the main event against these guys and trying to show that he belongs out there. Yeah, and he's going to um, take Taker's head and smash it off of MVP's pod. You know, he picked the one that, um, you know, the guess, the guy is actually in. And then he goes over to another one and hits Taker's head off it, and the glass actually breaks. I think it's pretty much immediately after Michael Cole says, that's like unbreakable bulletproof glass or whatever. Yep. It's like, boom, there it breaks. <laughs> so luckily it doesn't like splinter and make him bleed or anything like that, but it does fall out of the pod. So, yeah. Uh, Batista then picks up Finley onto the top rope and hits a muscle buster on yeah. him for a two count. That was fun to see. It was great, man. I love it. You don't it. see that anymore. Uh, after nope. Tyson King can't. <laughs> yeah. his neck. Yep. Uh, and then the countdown begins and Finley's going to be the first guy besides Taker and Batista to survive around basically as yeah. uh, MVP comes in next and, he tries to stop his door from opening, but Undertaker forces it open and starts unloading on MVP. I absolutely love that. Undertaker's just waiting outside his pod like a like a like just a, a lion just waiting to be fed, man. And yeah, like you said, he just MVP's great heel here, just trying to keep that pod closed. And when it comes open, man, Taker is just on him. And it's smart psychology too, if you actually pay attention, because you want to take the fresh man out before he can come in and, and go nuts all over you. You know, yep. you gotta if you can, you want to take that fresh man out. So I, I really, really, really like that psychology there. And um, Batista's gonna come in and hit Taker in the corner, and then Taker's gonna kick him. And MVP comes in, kicks Batista, kicks Taker, covers him for two, takes off his 305 necklace, and winds up choking Finley with it, and covers him for a two count. So really getting some some more action here with these four guys who can actually work in their match. Undertaker is not the only guy who's been studying MMA lately because MVP is going to go for some ground and pound on Undertaker. Yeah. But uh, he stops to taunt before going for the cover, so he only gets to uh, MVP's using that chain, his necklace, to work over Taker and Finley, and we see that he's busted open the Undertaker with that chain. Undertaker stumbles up with blood on his face for our fourth blood sighting of this match. Man, it's getting... Getting very bloody out there. <laughs> it sure is, man. And he, like you say, he's going nuts on these guys. But then he, uh, MVP is with that chain. But then he turns around, and as MVP is like coming at him from behind, and take, he turns around, and MVP just stops in his tracks. He's like, "Oh crap! Like I know what I'm about. To, I know what's about to happen to me." And uh, he punches Taker and puts his hand up, asking, or Taker puts his hands up, like asking for more. Like just bring it, just bring it. And the crowd is all in at this point. They're just like, "Taker, Taker," because they just want to see him withstand this you know this onslaught and win so mvp's blasting him but he can't get taker off his feet which i love that you know um taker's wanting to get that world title match so bad he's not gonna give up anything so mvp's gonna take it to the next level literally and go on top of one of the pods and taker chases him up to the top rope there and um gonna hit you know somebody's gotta hit the big spot so here it is right here here it is undertaker goozles mvp Undertaker's on the top rope, MVP's on top of a pod, and Undertaker choke slams it, or not choke slams him. He basically just flips him, tosses, yeah. tosses him from the top of the pod into the ring. 
Great spot here. Great bump from MVP. And Finley capitalizes, jumps on top of him, and steals the pin to eliminate MVP. Man, I, I really like that. A couple of guys have done it. Batista did that earlier, and now Finley does that. It, it just makes mm -hmm. sense. That's what you would do in this type of match. You're yes. trying to get guys out. doesn't matter who gets the pin. They're just going to run in there. And, you know, Undertaker didn't go kick Finley off so he could get the pin. Right. stupid like that. Uh, it's very logical here. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many pinfalls. You could eliminate four, but then still lose the last fall. You know, it doesn't matter. So, yeah, I love that. Um, well, then Taker, in his infinite wisdom, is still on the top <laughs> rope. And he's going to jump off and try something new. You know, like we've been talking about he changes his style up. He's trying something that we haven't seen since, I don't know, man. It's been years since we've seen him do this. He tries for an elbow drop. Yeah, elbow drop. But Finley rolls out of the way, and Taker just hits the mat. And um, I don't know if that move was supposed to connect or not, but it looked it was real close where he, he barely missed Finley. But um, at this point, they're kind of all down, and they're all struggling to get up and just really pull themselves up by the ropes. And we see – Little old Hornswoggle head come up from underneath the ring in the corner. Old Swoggle, Prairie Dogs up, out <laughs> in between the ring and the chamber. It's great, man. Oh, he slides the shillelagh into the ring, and um, Finley grabs it. He hits Batista. Uh, as Batista picks him up, going for the Batista bomb, and Finley smashes him with the shillelagh, mm -hmm. which is nice there. He tries to hit Undertaker, but Undertaker choke slams him out of the ring onto oh. the steel grates. Yeah, he does. And it just hurt me to watch that, man. I just, oh, man, it hurts so bad. Yeah, and well, Taker's going to actually cover him and, and pin him for three. So Taker's eliminated two people here and didn't steal a pinfall in either one of those. He's, he made one guy tap out and uh, pinned the other guy after his own move. So. Taker's the one that has fighting with honor here, taking his own <laughs> pinballs. So, but in a cool, you know, a cool bit of, you know, symmetry, we're down to the last two guys that started the match and are continuing their feud from last year. So I just, as a long-term story, I really like this, man. It's really fun. Yes, really cool. And obviously this is what the people wanted to see. Anyway. Yes. Undertaker and Batista. And you mean they didn't want to see Bobby Lashley and uh, Test or whoever, who was it? Who was the last one in there with Bobby Big Lashley? Show. Big show. Yeah, they didn't want to see them two in there? Yeah, I'd say this is the opposite of that. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was okay. the worst Elimination Chamber ever. Uh, this one, I don't know if it's the best, but it's really, really good. Um, both guys are bleeding. Uh, Batista busted open off that shillelagh shot. And so that's five, um, five bleeders here on this week's episode. Uh, they both struggle to get back up on their feet. And they take their time getting up, letting this anticipation build as they stare each other down across the chamber. Really wise stuff here from these veterans, man. They're letting the crowd build up into it, get into it. And they uh, trade some of the old yay, boo punches as the crowd really gets into things. Cheering Undertaker, booing Batista. And then Batista nails a Batista bomb and goes for a cover and only gets two. As we uh, just go into full gear here for the last couple minutes of this match. Yeah, they're going to just break down and just have a little miniature match, a little singles match here. So, yeah, Taker kicks out of the great near fall there after that Batista bomb. And then Batista's going to go to the corner, and Taker's kind of backed into it and hits the 10 punches. Well, he actually hits 12 punches. He does 12, <laughs> the 12 punch. He's, he's changing his uh, style up, too. He's going to add two more, I guess. So, That's right. Um, anyway, I can do 10. I will do 12. So, 
Um, but, of course, Taker's going to grab him and hit the last right out of the corner. But he is really slow to cover because, again, they've been in this match for like 25 minutes at this point. So he kind of eventually gets over there and covers, and Batista kicks out for another really good near fall. And at this point, Las Vegas is on their feet, and they're just they're loving this, this little bit of small match we're going to get here. Exactly. They have no idea who's going to take it home. Uh, Undertaker hits some ground and pound as the crowd is counting along with all of his punches there on the ground. He gives us the classic throat slash, goes for a tombstone on Batista, but Batista counters out of it and tosses Undertaker over the top rope. Batista goes to Great Undertaker into the chamber, rams Undertaker's head into the chamber, and then lifts Undertaker up onto his shoulders to try to do it one more time. Yeah, like hitting him like a lawn dart, kind of the old uh, Kevin Nash, Rey Mysterio thing. So yeah, he does it that first time, and like you said, he picks him up the second time to do it. And this right here was awesome and seamless. And I don't know how many times they practiced it or if they did, but it was awesome. So as Batista's trying to lawn dart Taker again, Taker grabs the chains, like the chamber, and pushes off. So when he does, Batista back, loses his balance and backs into the ring ropes with Taker still on his shoulder. Batista loses his balance, and Taker falls back onto his feet in the ring, still holding Batista by the waist picks him up, and he's in a tombstone position. So I don't know if I painted that picture for you guys or not, but I hope I did. It is just seamless, push off the chamber, back into the ropes, boom. Taker flips over, picks Batista up, has him in the tombstone position, drops him on his head, and does the classic pin and pins him in 29 minutes and 28 seconds. And it was that ending was awesome. It was. We've never seen anything quite like that. No. It was so, like you said, seamless, so creative. For uh, two big guys, too. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Especially after that long of a match to, to pull that mm-hmm. off. And, um, you know, <laughs> we've seen Undertaker, you know, in recent years try to do things like that with Goldberg and uh, I think with Roman Reigns, too. Roman, just, yeah. We've seen it backfire. Uh, and this could have backfired mm-hmm. easily, but this was – Perfect, man. And the crowd pops huge for it. It's awesome. Iconic here. And Undertaker's headed to WrestleMania yet again uh, for a world title match. Second year in a row. uh, As he, uh, his music starts playing and both these guys are selling big time. They are really putting over the exhaustion uh, of this match here. And this might be a first. Taker does the infamous point. To the WrestleMania sign. Has he done that yet? I don't, I don't think, think he has. So. Of course, they didn't really have the big signs hanging until, was it 20? They really started with the big sign? Yeah. So it's only been, you know, this is the basically the fourth or fifth year. They really had that kind of thing hanging there. But, yeah, Taker's going to actually do the thing that those of us fans kind of hate. <laughs> He's going to point to the WrestleMania sign. But here it makes sense. Like, I'm going to Mania. You know, that's where I'm going. So I uh, – just again, I cannot put over the ending of that match. Uh, it is so good, such a slick transition into that tombstone, and just really cool. But another tight camera shot of Taker's face with the WrestleMania sign like over his shoulder, kind of out of focus as he's sitting on the steps in exhaustion. I really love that too. So, um, again, he's going to WrestleMania. Cole tells us he's 15 and 0 at Mania. So, um, yeah, good stuff, man. He looks very dominant here in this match, too, so there is mm-hmm. a great way to build him up for WrestleMania. He got three out of the five eliminations. He was in there yeah. the entire time. Um, great, great work from Taker and uh, from everybody. Everybody played their parts mm-hmm. perfectly here, yeah. even, even Hornswoggle. <laughs> and, sure. Uh, Taker, he's really selling the brutality here as he 
kind of crawls out of the cage, just looking absolutely exhausted, just sits on the steps for a minute there. And uh, as the announcers put it all over, great, great stuff. Um, one of the best Elimination Chamber matches I've ever seen, and uh, I think you would agree. Yeah, it had no right to be this good, man. I just was blown away. I enjoyed the heck out of it. I haven't seen it before, so maybe that was part of it, you know? Um, some of this, we've talked about how this stuff is kind of fun watching again because we've, well, it's not again, it's watching for the first time. So, um, uh, yeah, it's really cool, but I, I really, I would go out of your way to watch this match, even though you look at it on paper and you guys at home and you're like, seriously, like big daddy V Kali, maybe even Finley, like, you know, you're like, come on. But like, I'm telling you, this match was done perfectly. It was excellent. And, um, just to kind of put a, a bow on the end of the kind of the storyline here, edge defeats Ray Mysterio later on in the night. So, it's official we're getting Edge versus Taker at WrestleMania. So I know there's like a scene right after this Elimination Chamber where the Edge heads are talking to Edge. They're like... Champ, looks like it's you and Undertaker at WrestleMania. He's like 15 and all. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for making that clear. I, I appreciate that. But listen, we need to focus on tonight. Tonight and Rey Mysterio. That's just, you know, wrapping that up as to where we're headed next week. So, And that'll be a fun one, too. We'll keep this podcast rolling, rolling, rolling on to the last ride as we cover WrestleMania 24. The Undertaker back in the main event at WrestleMania for the first time in 11 years as he faces Edge for the World Heavyweight Championship. Tries to take the streak to 16-0 and against another man who is... Uh, quote unquote undefeated at WrestleMania, although you have to put a big asterisk next to that, but we'll talk about all that next week and we hope you guys will join us for that one should be a fun one and a very special one as we'll talk about that in just a second. But before we get there, we do want to hear your comments and your feedback on this match and on this episode. What did you think when you watched it live? Have you seen it? Have you gone back and rewatched it? All that good stuff. Um, Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Talking Taker. Leave a comment, leave a rating, subscribe on your favorite podcast listening service. Like I said, we did get a little bit of feedback. Um, it was at JG Starkey on Twitter, James Stark, who said, uh, I remember half of the Chamber combatants being a waste of time and space. Uh, a little harsh, but I get it. I get it. Uh, yeah. Um, at Watch Along Tommy from Watch Along Wrestling said he thought the match was brilliant. Finally, a reason to care about the previously complete waste of a February pay per view. Uh, sure. Yeah, I agree with you on that one there, Tommy. Uh, at Teddy Turnbuckle said it was surprisingly enjoyable, and Batista and The Undertaker made this match exciting. So. Oh, without question. Yeah, exactly. They really made this one work. Uh, it was all about them. A uh, couple of poll results that I uh, hadn't talked about on here. Some things um, from a few weeks ago, from our last few episodes. Like voting day Tuesday? Yeah, Super poll? Tuesday results. Okay. Yeah, man. Okay. Um, the, we don't care. I put up a poll for you guys to pick between the 07 and 08 Royal Rumble, which one you Jeez. thought was a better match. I personally thought the 08 Rumble overall was a better match, although I like the 07 mm -hmm. finish more. Yes. But overwhelmingly, you guys voted 88% to 11% that the 07 Rumble was the better match. Uh, definitely, I think, influenced by that finish there. 
That's only 99%. Well, it was 88.9 to 11.1. Oh, I'll say we need to have a uh, recount. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm with you now. All right, yeah. And then did a poll a couple of weeks ago on um, your favorite Batista-Undertaker match from 2007. Survey says. Survey says. So, of course, we had WrestleMania 23. You had Backlash, the last man standing match. You had Cyber Sunday 2007. Survivor Series inside Hell in a Cell. Closer than I thought it would be. Uh, WrestleMania 23 won out with 42%. Last man standing had 33%, though. So, right up underneath it. Survivor Series was next with 17%. Cyber Sunday with 8% there. So, uh, all really great matches, though. If you have not yeah. seen those, uh, some of the, uh, especially those, those last two, which uh, I had never seen before. They're worth right. going out of your way to check out there. As is this one. Check it out. Uh, a couple other things from the World Rumble. At Jeremy J. Bagley, old J-Bags himself, uh, he posted a really funny picture, a screenshot from that Rumble match. Uh, oh, yikes. Yeah. He said uh, you, a couple things you noticed from this picture, how small Cody Rhodes is in there <laughs> uh, compared to how he is now. And then just the uh, unfortunate timing of the screenshot of the position Undertaker and Batista are in right there. Mm-hmm. So you'll have to go on our Twitter to find that. And uh, another thing from that Royal Rumble 07 last week, uh, Travis, you always ask people if they were there to talk about it. And yes. Watch Along Tommy from Watch Along Wrestling, he shared with us a good long story about his experience at Royal Rumble uh, 2008. And uh, I'm going to try to condense it here, but it's a great story. Uh, really fun stuff about trying to, to go to this pay-per-view here. So he's Tommy says he's in his hometown of New York City, but of course this pay-per-view sold out immediately. <laughs> Right. Uh, he said back then he wasn't really comfortable using secondary ticket market. Uh, it was a different time back then. Uh, but people really were hyped for the show because it was the first one at MSG since WrestleMania 28 years ago. So they were bringing back Rus- or, or fan access to the Royal Rumble that year. So uh, he and his friends decided to go to it because it was free to get into the fan access. Um, so on Royal Rumble Sunday... They went there, got in line at 6 a.m. with hopes to meet Ric Flair, who was appearing mm. from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. So they got all the way up to the front of the line, and right before that, Flair stepped out and left, right before they got to him, which oh, man. happened to us at WrestleMania 27 a couple of times, I believe. Yeah. Guess who Ric Flair got replaced with? Uh, Carlito? Worse. Oh, no, Kali? The Highlanders. Oh. <laughs> Flair to the Highlanders. Rory and Robbie. <laughs> the Highlanders. But uh, Tommy says they actually couldn't have been nicer. Uh, they asked if they were going to the show, and they explained they didn't have tickets. And Rory said, don't give up, lads. Uh, do whatever it takes. Uh, head down to the garden right after this. Get in line for tickets. You never know when they might be released. So, uh he said, well, that was disappointing, but they had a contest at Access doing wrestler impressions in the ring, and the winner would get two tickets to the Royal Rumble. And he said, he Ooh. got in there, he did his best good old JR impression, and the crowd erupted with cheers. He thought for sure he had it on lockdown until the last contestant came out and did a pitch-perfect Joey Styles and won the contest. Oh, 
Wait, Joey <laughs> Styles won over JR? Yeah, man. That yeah. was an ECW crowd. You probably. know Vince hates JR anyway. That's true. Uh, so all he got was a Steve Austin DVD for his troubles. <laughs> oh, man. So remember, this is all still the day of the Rumble. Right, he, he yeah, ends up big going, day. He goes to the garden with his friend Matt, uh, his girlfriend and him, um, and they're hoping for last-second tickets. Um, and then his friend Steve walks by. It was always the four of them going to shows, but uh, this time Steve's cousin got him tickets, so he left him high and dry. Steve was walking into the show Steve. and scoffed at him while they were waiting in line for tickets. Um, and, what a uh, Judas. Yeah. This guy, Steve, <laughs> said he knew this show was going to be great because that idiot John Cena was not going to win the match. <laughs> there you go, Steve. Sucks for Steve. <laughs> well, eventually some tickets did get released, but unfortunately they were the $200 floor seats. Uh, and, or excuse me, one section off the floor. So he couldn't afford it, man. He's still in college at the time. So uh, his his buddy Matt and his girlfriend could afford it, though. So they got tickets. And Dang I know, man. Tommy's walking back to Penn Station with his head down sad. And he said it was made worse because he had to pass by Mikey from the Spirit Squad as he walked through Penn Station. <laughs> uh, he said hey to him. And uh, the guy asked, or, or, or uh, Mikey asked if he was going to the show. And he had to say no. And Right when he was about to get on the train, he got a call from his friend Matt, who's told him that his girlfriend had bought him an extra ticket. So, got to run back through Penn Station, run back to the show, and uh, forgot to call his dad on the way home to cancel the pay-per-view order. So his dad ended up <laughs> paying the $60 HD pay-per-view fee, and he had to pay him back for that. <laughs> Man, what a... What a day. I know. That was a great story. But but he got to go to the show. That's a great story, man. He got in there. He said the return of John Cena was the greatest moment he's ever seen live. Did Um, he have two words for Steve? (laughs) He probably did. (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. He said the moment was made even better uh, as he got to look back at Steve, sitting with his head head in his hands, completely defeated with John Cena back on this night. There you uh, go. As him and the rest of the crowd forgot that they hated him. So <laughs> that's right, man. One of the best uh, live experience stories yeah. we heard on there, man. Uh, thank you for sharing that, Tommy. That was awesome. Absolutely, I'm glad that was like a full story. That was awesome, man. <laughs> I love when you guys share these detailed stories with us. They're great. So we do. We love thank you guys. Them keep sharing that and i think that was the last pay-per-view from there until survivor series 2011 yes that's when Someone we mentioned that last that week and on I, twitter so yeah we missed yeah, that on that one i was watching something the other day on the network and i was like oh yeah oh it was, it was the r-truth uh 24 uh, or whatever and he was talking about that <laughs> match in msg event. yeah main event and i was like oh yeah dang it we've we mistakenly said that so yeah that was the last one until then, but I don't think they've had one since then, right? Pay per view from there? Nope. They've had they've had Raw uh, there recently, I think, but they haven't had a pay per view. So, been about nine years. Let's go. Let's get another one. So, well, we will not be seeing a pay per view there, man. But we will be getting to see the Undertaker there. That's right. And we are 24 hours away from it. As you're listening to this. I can't believe it, man. Again, special thanks to my parents for the birthday gift. Uh, We're going to be spending just 24 hours up there. We're flying in to go to this big event, autograph signing, getting in line, getting our picture with Taker, uh, and then hanging out in New York City. So 
Uh, if you're out there and you're going to this autograph sign-in, of course, the offer stands. If you take a picture in a Talking Tanker t-shirt with The Undertaker, we will send a special gift out your way. Oh, but yeah. More importantly, we'd love to meet you. We'd love to shake your hand, uh, hang out with you. We're, we got Too we, sweet, you. Yeah, we got nothing <laughs> else to do, so we'll be around. Uh, we know Jeremy Bagley is going to be there. We'll get to meet him. Um, he said... I dared him to ask The Undertaker the uh, question that uh, Conrad Thompson always asks Bruce Pritchard oh, on no. his podcast about The Undertaker. And oh, no. He said if we buy him a drink beforehand, he might he might consider it because you know, he needs one last drink before he gets murdered. But yeah, <laughs> takes his last ride to a table. Shot. Golly. Uh, but we're looking forward to meeting you, Jeremy, and any of you other creature of the night. We'll be glad to meet you there. Uh, we might go hit up the Wrestling Universe action figure shop. Uh might try to record a podcast that night live in the hotel room. Uh, we're going to try to video, uh, videotape, record <laughs> Instagram Live, <laughs> Facebook Live, put some stuff up on YouTube. We're going to try to document the whole thing, man. Yeah. It'll be fun. When we'll, put, uh, we'll put some stuff out there all weekend long, some content. So be sure to follow us over there. Uh, I can't believe it, man. Are you excited? As I, I know. I can't wait, man. I'm super excited. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm going to drive to your house uh, Friday after work. Well, as of this as of you guys listen to this, I'm probably on the way to Alex's house, and we're flying up there Saturday and meeting Taker, and flying back Sunday, and I'm driving back to my house on Sunday night. So it's going to be a whirlwind, and we get one less hour of sleep, but I would not have it any other way. <laughs> That's right. Because spring forward, you can't hold us back. So we're going to have a blast meeting Taker, even if it's for 11 seconds. I don't care. It's 11 more seconds I've got to spend with him my entire life. So and it's going to be cool. Just one step closer to getting him to the barbecue. Exactly. <laughs> Baby steps. Yeah. Baby steps. Um. Oh, man. Before we close out, though, man, I guess we should say something about Super Showdown last week. F- completely forgot to mention our first <laughs> Undertaker sighting and our first Undertaker match of 2020 as the spreadsheet for our podcast matches <laughs> continues on to grow. to grow longer. I think we've had about a dozen now or close to it since we started this yeah, show. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's crazy, and this was probably the uh, weirdest one yet. Yes. As Undertaker wins the two 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 rock trophy, <laughs> whatever. It's spill called. your spill your guts, Agro Crag trophy. <laughs> yeah, <won> the Agro <laughs> man. Tell them, Mo. Yeah. Uh, we'll obviously do an episode about this bizarre thing uh, at some point. Yeah. We have to. But any initial thoughts on this uh, match <laughs> that Undertaker didn't even get undressed for? <laughs> My yeah. My initial thought. Okay, here's my thought. Here's my thought about Super Showdown and as a whole. And then we'll we'll talk about it. We'll probably do a watch along for this match, okay? Take did Taker squash AJ in ten seconds with a choke slam and a pin? Absolutely. Um, is AJ gonna get his win back over Taker? I don't know. That would be cool. I'd love to see that at WrestleMania. Um, Super Showdown, you had uh, the old guys going over the young guys, right? So Taker squashed AJ, Brock squashed Ricochet, um, and Goldberg squashed the the fiend, but let's play the long game here. We've got to get to Mania, and we've got to get you got to. Sometimes you got to take a step back, to take steps forward. So be patient, fans. Not in an uproar. Let's see where the long game is going because Mania could be the place where the young quote unquote young guys get their wins over these big names. So let's play. Let's play that out. But yeah, as far as this match, I will probably do a watch along because. Yeah, this Taker AJ interaction was like literally ten seconds. So, uh, but these are two of my favorite guys on the roster. I love them. So, and what about you, what you think? You know, I 
I enjoyed AJ doing the classic Undertaker cover on Raw this week to Alistair yes, Black. Yes, That's what yes. I'll say. Um, <laughs> I don't have much thoughts for the match. Um, we'll get to talk about our truth a lot if we do a watch along for it. So I'm down I with that. I can't wait. Yeah. I <laughs> but, love uh, that guy. <laughs> I, I loved AJ doing a little cocky heel move with the Undertaker mm-hmm. classic cover on Raw. That got me excited for the build up to this. And I think AJ's it could perfect. be really fun. It can be. If anybody's going to pull anything like a really good match out of Taker, you know, like it's going to be like an actual good match, not just big move, big move, big move. It's going to be AJ. He's him or Daniel Bryan. Those two guys can go with any with anybody on the roster. So I think it's going to be cool. It's going to be cool. A cool feather in AJ's cap. Look at yes. since AJ's been back. His mania matches have been Chris Jericho, uh, Shane McMahon, which, again, say what you will, that match almost stole the show. That match was awesome yeah. like that and year. That's a big um, deal. To wrestle Shinsuke yeah, it is. At WrestleMania. It is. Shinsuke Nakamura, um, Randy Orton, and now The Undertaker. Are you freaking kidding me? Those are his five Mania matches since he's been in the uh, in the company. Like that's that's awesome for him. So yeah, you kudos could not to those guys. Have predicted when AJ Styles came in no. in 2016 <laughs> uh, that he would have the run that he said. I mean, it couldn't have been right. better. Like no, nope. you, you could you can nitpick certain booking decisions, but honestly, sure, you could not have written a better timeline for aj styles in wwe nope. you would have never predicted that nope so we're looking forward to getting to that i'm looking forward to mania this year for real i think it's gonna be a fun one it's gonna be good good matches so we'll get more of that as we get closer to it but yeah we will be in new york uh today or, or at, no tomorrow as you guys listen to this on friday uh if you listen to it later we'll probably already been there done that so we'll let you guys know again we'll keep up with you on social media post some things and you guys will see us there, and we probably can't live stream while we're meeting Taker or anything, but we'll have our, our immediate reactions after that and stuff. So we look forward to hearing you Creatures of Night and seeing you guys live and in person. But if you were there this night, at if you were Thomas or you are Mac and you were there at Thomas and Mac Center in Vegas, uh, let us know what you thought about all this beef in the ring, man. That's a, a big old beef case that Elimination Chamber was. <laughs> Just holding all that beef in there. So uh, let us know what you thought about the match and uh, how cool it was to see kind of the – Taker and Batista story kind of come full circle. So let us know what you thought. And uh, other than that, ladies and gentlemen, take her easy.